1: Thanks for all the text messages about Al Capone's hideaway. Everybody, everybody's saying exactly what Steve and Mary said. There seems to be a hideaway everywhere. Somebody checked in from St. Joe's in Michigan and said, oh yeah, we've got one here. Um, apparently that's where Capone hung out. Capone had a place in Hobart. It was right where two roads intersected so you can see everyone coming and going. It became the U.S. Steel Supervisors Club. They're not sure what has happened to it since then. Those were the days, right? I mean, it seems like they glorified Al Capone, and he he was brutal. And um, today we have a whole different set of crime in this city. And Karen Conti is with us. She's partner at Conti and Dolan. And whenever we get off on crime and everything, we're watching. I'm always like, well, what what would Karen say about that? What does that mean? So, thanks for joining us, Karen. How are you? I'm doing well. Hi, Lisa. So you had to see the video of what happened in Philadelphia, right?
0: I did. I did. It's disturbing. Oh. It's it's very disturbing.
1: It, um, and it's know, I, I, it's not unlike what has happened in Chicago, where you know it's one text message to four hundred people. They're all set. It's like go. We're gonna we're gonna cause chaos, break down these doors, and steal everything we can in forty five seconds.
0: Absolutely, and you know it's it's dangerous for the people shopping. It's dangerous for the security guards. I don't. I went into a fancy shop on Oak Street just to just to look at something. I'm not shopping there. WGN doesn't pay me that much. And the whole process of going through a store like that is they they, they they have you take off whatever hat you might be wearing. They have you take off your jacket. They make you wait outside. They put you on, you know, in the room. Then they wait a little bit. They ask what you want. Then they escort you one by one. It's it's wow. not even fun to shop anymore. I you know? haven't been there since
1: to- like 20, 2017 and then you just rang a buzzer and I thought, geez, you got to ring a doorbell to get in a store? I didn't know now. Ne- Oh, no. that you had to go through a whole basically search no.
0: and now i understand why people just buy it on amazon you know i and i and i can't imagine that people find this enjoyable because part of shopping people like to shop that you know looking through the stuff and you know, pulling things out and, and, and having your friends there with you and it's just not like that anymore and it's it's gotta be affecting these retailers across the country.
1: But you've got to understand why they have to do it because if you have high end product like that, it, it could take nothing for a smash and grab or someone to just grab stuff and walk out with two hundred thousand dollars worth of product. So my question was with the Philly situation, you know, where you've got a mob of kids that, you know, bust through a door and just start stealing everything and people are cheering them on and they're posting video do there need to be stricter laws and i hate saying we need stricter laws but i feel like there aren't laws that target those people who create chaos and may only walk out with something that's a hundred dollars in their hand but what they're doing is detrimental to the community and to society as a whole what do those people get charged with
0: Yeah, there there are a whole bunch of laws that apply to this kind of thing. There's the looting laws, but generally that only applies people who go in and raid stores when there's like a natural disaster or a, a riot. So, so for instance, during the protests, when people went into the stores, that was looting. So to call it looting is not really appropriate, but it, we're all talking about the same thing. Mob action is probably what we're talking about two or more people uh, going in with the intent to commit some sort of felony. And criminal damage to property is certainly a crime. It can be a felony uh, depending upon the amount of the property taken. You've got burglary, which is entering within intent to commit theft, and then you've got theft, uh, which is it's over $500 or so. It can be a felony. So you have disturbing the peace. You can have all of those things. Um, My thought on this, Lisa, is why don't we try to figure out how this got started? There should be a reward put out for a person who received an email or a text and get to the bottom of who's starting and instigating these things, and then put those people in jail, make them responsible, and that hopefully will get it to stop. Um, but again, you know, the police have all kinds of uh, stuff online where you can go and look at these pictures of people. I mean, they're disguising themselves with hoodies, of course, but you know, we identify help us identify some people. I assume a lot of people are not going to do it because they're afraid of retaliation. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be some incentive for people to, um, to confess to this stuff and, and to get a deal and to catch the people who are behind it.
1: Because the frustration we all share is basically they get a slap on the wrist and they walk. And they're going to do it again. That there's just not a good enough crime deterrent. Now, I do believe that in the heat of the moment, they aren't thinking about what the charge will be or whether they're going to do time. I think they believe they're not going to do any time, and and that's what we've seen in Chicago. And it's just frustrating because um, I don't know. It's it, there's got to be a stop to it. And
0: and, well, and I think they think it's 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 strength in numbers. And that when they're among two or three hundred people, that they're anonymous and that, you know, that it's impossible to herd two or three hundred people. I don't care how many police you have, even if you have a response plan, which is what the police are told to do when they know these things are going to happen. Um. But you know, and and some of them are getting punished. I, I know that one that happened in August in the city. I think they've arrested eighty nine or so people, and they're being charged, and they are going to get some sort of uh, some sort of problem. But you know, maybe we start holding parents responsible too for kids who are under the age of eighteen. How do you let your kids go out at night at, at midnight? Uh, to, to do these kind of things i think they're we gotta, all know that right, some of those parents
1: aren't uh, don't give a crap about those kids but K- karen also you're the lawyer sure. do you think that would stand up to a uh, challenge
0: well, you, there, there are some laws that hold uh, parents responsible for this kind of thing. They're not really good laws, and they're mostly monetary in nature. But I guess, you know, you could charge them with some sort of neglect. You know, if you know your child is leaving at midnight to go downtown and be part of a mob, I would call that a child protection issue. I would call that the child neglect. So, um, again, you know, you don't want to put people in jail, then the kids don't have any parents at all. But there's got to be some way to deter, because these are deterrable crimes. Certain crimes I don't think are deterrable. I think there are certain crimes that people are going to commit no matter what punishment you put on it. Uh, but these, these kinds of crimes are, if there's a ramification for these kids, then 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 it might stop.
1: Okay, two other issues before I let you go. Number one, people are texting in. Are you and Karen still talking about the serial killer or the talk about a serial killer in Chicago? Did you ever find out anything after Stephen Enos had an independent autopsy done of Noah Enos? What did they come up with?
0: They are not giving them information. And this is just very frustrating. And I'm not at liberty to talk a lot about all of it, but there has not been a definitive release of all of this information. Uh-huh. And it's not been forthcoming. And They've been trying to get videotapes from the salt shed, where it's, which is where he was last seen. Uh, they're they're trying to get videotapes from where he was dumped and they're just having a very hard time i actually was just at dinner with two private investigators one in from uh, new york who has been doing with a smiley face killer uh scenario for 20 years and he's extremely knowledgeable but he's meeting with a lot of frustration because uh because the police just are not forthcoming whether it's yeah. they're overworked whether they don't really believe these things are tied but Lisa, I don't know if I sent it to you, but a couple of weeks ago, there were two other people who were found in the waterways. Yes, Again, yes. I, I never haven't seen a follow-up in the news story, but we have two more since Steve, you know. Crazy. Okay, know now they're
1: it. telling me I only got 20 seconds. But the White Sox shooting, that is clearly a lack of transparency, right? And why would the victim hire a lawyer within 24 hours of being
0: shot? Well, she really was shot by someone... In the, in the stadium, she would have a pretty good lawsuit because of the, you know, that you're supposed to have security clearance. But okay. now she's being accused of, you know, shooting herself. There's an evidence that that couldn't have happened, that there was no gun residue. So this is one of those things, maybe we're never going to know the answer to this. But where's the gun?
1: Oh, we're going to keep asking on this radio station. Thank you so much, Karen. All right. Take care, Lisa. Karen Conti, partner at Conti and Dolan. Steve's News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. UG and yeah. Chicago's very own